Graphic Audio fans. This is Dwayne Beeman here with this week's Pick of the Week. This week's pick is the first book of a new Western series from Graphic Audio. Peter Brandvold's 45 caliber number one, Revenge. In this book, we are introduced to 18-year-old Kuno Massey. Massey is a hard-working teenager. He's not really good with a gun and can barely ride a horse. But, as with most of these Westerns, Massey is faced with adversity that is far greater than what he appears he can handle. That adversity is the fact that Kuno's father and stepmother are murdered by some thugs from his stepmother's past. Now, based on what I just told you about Kuno's shortcomings, how do you think he wants to deal with the situation? Yep, you guessed it. Kuno Massey wants revenge. Will he get it? You're gonna have to get the book to find out. The Graphic Audio Universe is familiar with Peter Brandvold's work. Using the name Frank Leslie, he was the author of a couple of well-received westerns we have done in Graphic Audio, Yakima Henry and Colta Farrell. Now, Brandvold is using his real name to introduce us to the young buck, Kuno Massey. This book is a great story of someone learning how to become a man and avenging the honor of his parents. The graphic audio hybrid known as Nathaniel Perry directs and sound designs this thrilling western with the help of great acting from the graphic audio bullpen, featuring Alejandro Ruiz as Kuno Massey, and backed by Tia Shearer, Chris Ginnabaugh, Danny Stoller, Bradley Smith, Jonathan Church, and others. This is a great western filled with action, emotion, and all the ingredients that makes for a great graphic audio production. So don't delay. Go out and grab 45 caliber one today. Let's listen to a clip of Graphic Audio's production of Peter Brandvold's 45 caliber book one, Revenge. Late in the day, when the false-fronted buildings canted their bulky shadows across the dusty, rutted street, and shopkeepers lazily swept their boardwalks or smoked on loafers' benches while basking in the weakening summer light, two strangers rode into the hamlet of Valoria, Nebraska Territory. Looking up from his sweeping and spying the strangers, the barber tensed. One of the men was a tall, broad gent with a full red beard and small, deep-set eyes under sun-bleached brows. He wore a cream Stetson, a fringed buckskin shirt, and buckskin breeches stained with blood and camp smoke. The other man was shorter and leaner than the first, with quick, darting eyes and a hawkish face bespeaking high emotion. Russet-complected, he obviously had some Indian blood. Black pigtails wrapped in greased rawhide fell from under his high-crowned black hat. He wore a black cotton vest over a ratty tunic, buckskin breeches, and moccasins. Both men were well-armed with revolvers, Sharps hunting rifles, and bowie knives. In addition, the red-bearded man carried a double-barreled shotgun in a heavy leather boot decorated with silver conchos. The two were obviously killers of either buffalo, or men, or both. They had that soulless look about them, too, that air of inbred evil, and they carried the right weapons for both jobs. As Valoria was on one of the main western trails, many such men had ridden through town. That was all right with the shopkeepers and barmen, as long as after the hard cases had spent a few dollars, they mounted their horses again and fogged it down the trail. On the street, the half-breed, Sammy Spoon, regarded his partner curiously. What is it, Rolf? Rolf Anderson had halted his beefy buckskin in the middle of the street and was looking around, rubbing his bearded jaw. 
trying to remember which saloon Corsica Landrew works. She was the best-looking whore between Nebraska City and Denver, and that ain't no lie. She didn't come cheap, but she didn't come green, neither. <laughs> <laughs> well, which one was it? <laughs> come on, Rolf. We've been on the trail for nigh on two weeks now. I'm about bursting at the seams. <laughs> Let's try the pastime over yonder. Anderson gigged his horse to the two-story milled lumber building on the north side of the street. He and Spoon tied their horses to the hitch rack and strolled through the bat wings. The pastime was like a hundred other saloons in the west. A long bar stretched across the right side of the room, and about ten tables were arranged haphazardly on the left. Toward the back, there were stairs leading to the second story where rooms were rented by the day or by the hour. A desultory poker game was in progress at one of the tables, and several groups of men sat around the others, drinking and chatting. A couple men had girls on their knees. What can I get for you boys? The beefy barman took a wary measure of the pair. Of course, Galandra works here, don't she? Not anymore, she don't. She got married. I got plenty of other girls, though. He turned his head to indicate the four girls working the room. Married, eh? Who'd she marry? Freighter by the name of Lloyd Massey. Massey, eh? They live in town? That's right. But she's out of the business now, of course it is. <laughs> there ain't no such thing, amigo. Once a whore, always a whore. <laughs> For the right price. Ain't that right, Rolf? Ignoring his partner, Anderson faced the barman. Where does she live? Why? Because I'll blow a hole through your belly if you don't tell me. The barman's face turned a deeper shade of crimson as he stepped away from the bar, turning slightly to his right and glancing down. Anderson whipped one of his matched colts from its holster, holding the gun close to the bar top so it wouldn't be obvious to the other customers. Don't even think about going for your greener, or I'll splatter your brains all over that nice, clean mirror behind you. Hey, hey, hey now, I don't want no trouble. And you won't have any if you tell me where Corsica lives. The barman shifted his troubled gaze to the other tables to see if any of the other customers had noticed the gun aimed at his belly. Seeing that none had, he returned his eyes to Anderson. All right, all right. She lives north of here, a couple of blocks, on Wichita Street. A little blue house with a white picket fence and a buggy shed out back. Anderson grinned and turned to Spoon. A little blue house with a white picket fence. Ain't that sweet? <laughs> Anderson reholstered his colt. Much obliged, friend. Just curious, that's all. Now why don't you set up me and my friend here with a bottle of rye and two glasses? The barman studied Anderson with a cautious gaze, gray-flecked brows twitching. You ain't gonna go over to Corsica's? Oh, nah. I was just curious about her. If she's out of the business, she's out of the business. What can a man do? Well, I'll tell you what this man's gonna do. Spoon was staring at a girl sitting next to a dusty piano. He grabbed the bottle the barman had set on the counter, bit off the cork, and sloshed whiskey into a shot glass. He threw the drink back, then stalked over to the piano. Come on, honey. You and me got business upstairs. <laughs> he grabbed the girl's arm and half led, half dragged her up the stairs. Watching them, Anderson smiled and sipped his whiskey. Oh, how about you, mister? Don't you want a girl? Rates you cheap on weekdays. Nah, I had my mind set on Corsica. Since she ain't available no more, I think I'll just enjoy my bottle. 
He tossed a few coins on the bar, then grabbed his bottle and his glass and headed for an empty table. Collapsing, he sat back in his chair to watch the light fade over the false fronts across the street. A little blue house with a white picket fence, eh? If you enjoyed the clip of 45 Caliber 1 Revenge, you can purchase the title right here on our website, www.graphicaudio.net. The book can be purchased in all available download formats, MP3, M4B, and FLAC, as well as audio CD format. Plus, you can listen to your downloads anytime, anywhere, with our free Graphic Audio Access app, available for Apple and Android devices. Be back soon as I'll have another pick of the week for you. Until then, peace. Thank you.